Welcome to Investing with IBD podcast, sponsored this week by Growth Stock Mentor. It's Justin Nielsen, your host, and it is Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. And of course, along with me for the ride is Arusha Paris, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. Uh, welcome back to the show, Arusha. Hey, it's great to be here, Justin. As Absolutely. Always. Good to have you. And we've got an old friend coming back to the show, Ross Haber. Uh, Ross is the co-founder and head of Trader Lion. Uh, back in the day, he was a portfolio manager for William O'Neill and Company. Uh, I guess Ross and I were hanging out, what, 20, 20 plus yeah. some years ago. Um, you know, he, he would come down with Mike Webster and uh, Charles Harris and, and, you know, we would chat about stocks all the time. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, he also was, uh, you know, involved with a hedge fund, Infinity Capital. And uh, hey, he's got a lot of knowledge. And luckily for us, he's going to be sharing that with us today. So welcome to the show, Ross. Thank you, Justin. Good to see you guys. Absolutely. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about markets and uh, specifically in this market, Ross was telling us how he's been doing some proactive selling. So he's going to share some of those examples with us, but let's get right to it. Uh, the NASDAQ composite, maybe we start there. Uh, looks like the 16,000 level is uh, acting as a little bit of resistance. We popped our head above there uh, earlier in November and looks like we were, you know, after this little pullback that we had, looks like we're trying to get back up there and, uh, Taking a little pause. What do you think, Ross? Well, absolutely. So we we had that sharp little pullback, which lasted, you know, all of two days. Um, no, actually, last <laughs> week, one right? Here. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. hung out under the ten day for yeah. for maybe two days. We've rallied back. I mean, can't call as, it a correction, <laughs> right? As far it, as you know, volume. it did, it did feel like a correction though <laughs> for that one day. Well, there it was a did. correction in stocks. It looked like uh, at least for one day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, def there, there were definitely some stocks that, uh, you know, if you were heavy in, you definitely felt some pain that day and that are still working on fixing themselves and not that there's anything wrong, you know, it, in this market, especially, right, that's uh, what, what led me to, you know, the whole proactive selling that you had mentioned, Justin, is just the volatility in this market and the whipsaw, that sort of thing. So, yeah, so let's, you know, just Tesla, big, big leading stock and a big leading group you know, the pullback or whatever you want to call that. That was a, that was a painful pullback. If you had a big position in Tesla, um, is there anything wrong with it? Probably not. However, mm-hmm. you know, doing a little proactive selling there, even a third of a, you know, which we'll get into would have, uh, you know, taken some of that, um, nauseous feeling out of the way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> last week as, as the market came in and maybe give you, it gives you a different perspective. Maybe now instead you're looking to, Hey, that worked. I can buy. It. Now I'm looking for a, a a good risk reward spot to add that stock so, back, right? So, so how aggressive are you uh, positioning yourself right now? I mean, again, it, this has been a market so strong it didn't even come down to the 21 day moving average line. Um, you know, snapped right back. Uh, there's certainly it seems like this buy on the dip mentality that has been in place for a long time, but. There's also the sense of, man, we've come up, you know, for so long. Um, how, how aggressive are you getting? You know, I altogether, I've reduced my overall, um, you know, as far as aggressive goes, I used to be, you know, as, as, I've, as you know, as I've discussed with you, a big fan of always being on margin. I'd, you know, I'd tell you the new, uh, being fully invested now, anywhere from 85 to 100 percent, depending on how concentrated your positions may be, and you know what those, you know, some of these stocks have some crazy ranges. If I'm not, you know, we're we're looking on average, some of these super powerful stocks can move eight, 10 percent in a day without a problem. 
So you don't have to be 200% long when a couple of these things get moving on a volatile day. So honestly, I've been keeping, I use very little, if any, margin now. I find that, you know, being anywhere, like I just said, 85 to 100% long feels like it used to, to feel when I was 200% long before it got so volatile. Now, mind you, I'm not, I haven't done a study. These are just observations. Um, so maybe 10 years ago, I think, um, you know, when I was running the fund, that was 2004 to 2010, it was a lot more money than I'm running now. Um, I, prime our prime broker's margin department learned to hate me. You know, they were on the phone with me at the end of the day, every day yelling at me to sell something. And now you just don't need the margin. Whereas I could stand, um, you know, I could, when I say stand that it was still, you know, nauseating to watch a, a big drawdown concentrated 200% long or whatever, 190% long. But I'm starting to feel that nauseous feeling at about 90 to 100% now. So, you know, whatever, if that, <clears throat> so that to me, it feels it's gotten twice as volatile just based on that. And to be quite honest with you, you know, I was doing a lot of this. I'm very good at getting in and piling up a whole lot of money. And then, you know, you get these, these big drawdowns were just killing my equity curve. So I was making progress, but the, the, the trip on the way there has, was just, it was disturbing, disturbing my sleep and my aftermarket, whatever I was doing. So eventually I go back and I make rules. And now I, I've got rules and, you know, we'll discuss later. I've been forcing myself to stay lighter and proactively sell, sell some stocks as they're getting extended off a 10 day, no matter how much, how much I believe in them and how big I want that position to be. And I'll tell you, it's my equity curve has improved so much. It's, it's incredible. I don't, you know, I don't want to put a number on it, but it's a huge, you can, you can feel it in my stomach and my heart, how much better the equity curve is. And believe it or not, now my account is hanging out at constant highs instead of having that, right. you know, those, those big swoons have been taken out. I'm still making um, plenty of money fast. Right. So, I want to see that I've changed what I was doing and then I'll readjust from there, depending on, you know, my feedback at the end of the month basically is what I'll do. Ross, so. how, uh, how much does the overall market analysis figure into your strategy? Are you looking at the NASDAQ and S&P and paying attention to distribution days and how far extended they might be above the 50 day moving average and things like that? Yes and no. So I'm, you know, so we can see as we came back from summer into fall, we or whatever you want to call it, we've got this massive volume. Oh, we're not even sharing screens, are we? So you, I'm, I'm looking at a Nasdaq um, daily. Should I do a share? Oh, there, uh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, so yeah, we can. Yeah, okay, so perfect. So we've seen all. You've got the volume came way back yeah. in. There we go come way back in even after that pullback. You can see the look at the volume on the ups. You know the blue days versus your pink days. Um, yeah. yeah. So is it, it's not um, surprising that we're hitting resistance right there at 16,000, but ultimately as far as distribution days go, and I absolutely watch the count because it at least gives you an idea of, uh, you know, what, what's going on with, you know, big money. I would say this though, watching distribution days used to almost be magical. If you saw three yeah. or four distribution yeah. days show exactly. up in five to seven days, I questioned nothing. I was so close to, I was down to 20% positions or cash in a hurry. And you could bet, even if it took a day or two before it finally wobbled and cracked, you're like, you just felt like the king. It was it's magical. True. And it just, yeah. it doesn't have that. It, whatever the reason is, has it been factored out by 
you know, the H, you know, the high frequency algorithmic guys, I don't know. So you, you might make that argument and maybe one day it'll start to work that well again. But I, I, you know, I, I always talk about it. It's worth keeping track of, although I don't make any um, buy or sell decisions based off of it. Okay. I would say this, you know, the one thing that always, you know, really stuck in my mind, whether, you know, whoever I talk to this from Bill to any of the watch the leaders, right? Watch yes, the, right. the lead, yes. you know, the, the market being the uh, greatest discounting mechanism on the planet, right? They say it takes into account everything known and unknown going out six to nine months. So the best indication of the market, if not the market itself is, is those leaders, right? So I have been creating lists, setting alerts and screening the market, you know, started with Wanda market Smith now allows you to do it in, in, the same way such that uh, you don't really need Wanda if you don't need all of that screening capability, whatever, that that's neither here nor there. Um, but I have developed a way whereby I'm, I guess the where I'm setting alerts and keeping track of groups. And I guess I keep a constant um, picture of that, you know, rotation of leadership and where mm -hmm. the market is in my yeah. mind. So yeah. even though we do, you know, how, how many stages have we gone in, in which groups that are leading? Um, also stuff like this. And there's, um, I have finally put a couple oil stocks on the top 10 report, which is far, <laughs> that almost crazy. never happens. Yeah. I put on CPE and MTDR because at the end of the day, you know, we're what the trucking stocks, you know, it's a small group. I'm not going to buy them. It's just not, just not what I'm going to do. But so when I do see these, um, the, the more classical O'Neill type stocks, the, you know, the uh, technology, internet software, um, that uh, specialty retail, if you will, when it's working. And you're starting to see that too from children, Children's Place, PLCE to, mm -hmm. you know, you're so, we're, as long as I'm seeing rotation, right? So I'm seeing Apple start to break out. We saw shop break out last week, maybe a week yes. before. Um, where to me, FB is setting up, we're seeing money come into retail, we're seeing the financial stocks do well. So as long as I'm seeing all of that going around, um, and and money, not my money, but the market's money can go right. into these other areas, uh, that to me, that's what ultimately holds up that market when you see it stuck extended, right? So, so Ross, have you been rotating from because you mentioned a number of these and this really has been the year of the rotation yeah. right it's industrial been going from oil, steel, steel exactly. all these <laughs> i watch yeah. it for overall health like to to gauge the overall health so when we're pulling back as long as i feel there's high quality names in these other groups that are set up for the guys that want to buy them and it's yeah. not an all-out holy cow there's really nothing setting up anywhere with any growth and People are selling and going to cash. They're not putting the money anywhere, right? So that, and that's what ultimately then the market folds. Right. So I'm always looking at it that way. I'm always trying to judge the health of the market by how broad rotation is. Um, so even though there are not a lot of, uh, there, you're not going to see a lot of these groups um, necessarily on the top 10 report, I'm constantly still watching the financials. You know, a lot of these oil stocks, yeah, we, we talked, I talked about them today. Um, the financials are, <laughs> we had a down tick today, but yeah. the fact that these have all been playing along and um, now we're starting to see rotation into some of these big, larger cap tech names that haven't been um, participating as long as there's something to catch that money, I'm happy. 
Um, so, you know, even if we, as long as I see what I consider um, healthy leadership, healthy, broad leadership, and I guess it's very, how do you define that? Well, I guess there, you know, there's a checklist. Do I have, I don't have one. I guess it's just been built in my mind. Like I always say, I, I do my trading on a, on a trade station. That software was AT Financial, which I've been using literally since 90, I want to say 97. Wow. So I have set up my intraday charts on trade station and my Wanda or, or Market Smith the same exact way. And so I have had this, I have built the same process and I have never changed it to keep a picture of the market in my brain. So I'm, it, it's a constant movie, I guess, that I'm, I never stop screening the market in the morning, on the weekends, during the market, after the market. It's just constant game for me, right? Yeah. Trying to find, yeah. it's like constant treasure hunt, I guess you right. will. Um, but I've also realized at the end of the day, it's, it's like counting cards, right? The deck is hot or it's not hot. Yeah. And understanding when it's hot and when it's healthy and when to really, you know, you, the, when the market is cooperative and cleans up your mistakes, um, <laughs> forgiving versus when it's not. And really it's just a matter of how, like, it's that I, if I would tell you if there's any one thing to figure out is, you know, maybe not only um, <clears throat> try and make a model book of the biggest winners, but get an idea of what leadership looks like when the market is healthy and in an uptrend, how broad does it get, you know, like what's it, you know, versus when the market, you know, in 2008, when the market topped and finally rolled over, I mean, leadership was screaming at you that there was right. something wrong. When I tell you there was nothing to buy, yeah, that's true. There was nothing to buy. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you got pushed to cash, and there was nothing to buy, and so it wasn't surprise, you know. And it's funny, you know, we get into the whole thing. Some of the really brilliant fundamental guys. I don't see anything, you know. This is like this. It was like short central. I don't do it. We sat in cash, but. It's so funny that uh, that whole we buy on fundamentals and technicals, but we only we sell only on technicals. How well that holds because, you know, my the fundamental crew thought it, you know, the economy, there's nothing wrong. Everything looked perfect as the market just got pummeled. Right. Yeah. So, well, one of the things that you were talking about that really kind of helps you in this regard for uh, keeping those profits is this proactive selling. So when we come back from the break. We'll go ahead and take a look at some of the proactive selling that you've done and why you make this such a part of your routine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Bill O'Neill, founder of IBD and a legend in the world of growth stock investing, mentored Jim Ropel, and it changed Jim's life. Now, Jim is here to mentor you. Take your free trial on growthstockmentor.com. Every week, you'll get Jim's thoughts on the market, his ride the wave plan, Jim's favorite true market leaders, two updates each week, and a live members-only meeting once a month. Also, you can ask Jim anything, anytime, 24-7. Take your free trial on growthstockmentor.com now. Welcome back to Investing with IBD podcast, sponsored this week by Growth Stock Mentor. It's Justin Nielsen, your host, along with Arusha Paris, and our guest, Ross Haber, co-founder and head of Trader Lion. So, Ross, um, one of the big things about this market is, man, you've got some stocks that are going up so fast, so so much and so fast, um, but they can also come down very quickly. So let's talk a little bit about proactive selling. At what point do you say, Man, this is this is unusual. This is this is crazy. I'm making so much money, and I just have to take some off the table. So, what's what's kind of your your rule of thumb? So, you know, my as we discussed earlier, I've I have been really good at getting into a stock even early, piling it in, letting it uh, 
you know, break out and get, you know, stick up in the air for me. I would say this, let's just call it 10 years ago and, and prior when I, I, it was much easier for me to sit on 200% margin. As I think about it, I think a lot of the reason for that is why even with on a volatile day, I guess the alpha in the portfolio or I think it maybe it was just uh, the way the market was at that time. It would seem like, you know, let's say I was getting beat up on a couple over here. I'd usually have one or two saving me so I could sit there. I think a lot less. So I've, that hasn't worked out for me as well either. So overall, so now for starters, let's take Roblox, for example, today. I know everyone's had their eyes on it. Yeah. Um, I, so that's one I uh, bought in decent, in decent size a little bit on the early side I mean, it well to me you know depending on how how you play it you could so you roughly probably, where were you getting in on this one well into earnings okay. um you know prior to earnings we i you know that first push up day um over here no so where where are we here no so are, are, is that prior to the earnings day i think just that we yeah, have, so the yeah, earnings so was off of uh, the yeah. average i was in and out of it prior to earnings probably okay. for losses, right? You know, versus okay. this average right. as we, right. we all had, our, you know, you get closer, but so I did, my average is 101 in change. Okay. Let's okay. call it 60, 70 cents. I'd have to look to see exactly. So to me versus 103.87, you know, given earnings are in the way for me, that's as early as you're going to safely be, you know, yeah. unless you bought it and you just rolled the dice through earnings and sat through all of, you know, all of that. So once you're in here, um, you can see Market Smith makes it really easy. We're up in that green area. That means from the breakout to that point where that green starts at what, 20% and stretches yes. to 25%, right? Yep. So we know that, so we've got an early stage one, stage one B base, however you want to call it, base on little base we've broken out. We're at that range. Um, I force myself as uncomfortable as it feels for me because that's a big leader. Um, I feel like that's one. If Bill was looking over my shoulder, he'd be like, you know, are you sure you want to be selling any of that? You know, <laughs> instead of just waiting for it to set up again and you right. know, maybe adding another 10%, which maybe he could do and sit in a meeting and not, you know, throw up on his shirt while it's whipping around. But I, well, you know, Russell, I got... let me stop there for one second because I yeah. have Roblox too. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to hear you say that because I think, I'm going through the same kind of process before I would hold these. These are like kind of the perfect thing. The this is the perfect kind of reaction. The volume. Yeah. Right. You don't like, this is what you don't want to sell. Right. But not, it seems like the mark, maybe it's this, this year's market or over the last few years where right. they don't hold up as well. They will yeah. come back and test and test a lot more than maybe in years past. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, so I would rather now, you know, watch it gap and go another $40 tomorrow with two thirds of my position. And then, yeah. okay. you know, from there, I'm going to be maybe a little bit more careful. Um, I always remember, you know, just the thing that Bill had, that Bill said that stuck in my head is once you sell half, there's just something about once you're down to half True. that yeah. pushes yeah. you to sell the rest. Yeah. So I'm always trying to keep it to quarter to a third, but for now, you know, I went back, my big issue was I was piling up profits and then getting too uh, jazzed by the chart, by the story, mm -hmm. by the earnings. And, you know, I want to be William O'Neill and have all my money in one stock and, you know, that whole, but that, you know, that one person can do that. And his name was, was William <laughs> O'Neill. And so I have is uncomfortable and against my nature as it feels now. So now 
I mean, it's not hard to see, you know, Roblox broke out and ran 20% in roughly three days. Um, it's so, very extended off all of its averages, but yes. so it's tough to see. I mean, you right. can, I, I can't really go to the left and, and say, well, hey, it got this far extended off its 10 day moving average two and three times to the left. And it's about here now, which is a game that, which I wouldn't even say the game, but is something I'll do even on an arithmetic chart, keeping in mind that it's arithmetic and, you know, mm-hmm. um, I learned that honestly from sitting in a meeting with Bill, you know, as um, unscientific as it sounds, you know, just so keeping all of those things in, um, in mind, I'm trying to keep it to, you know, a third, I don't want to go quite to a half and I'm forcing myself to sell these things. And, you know, um, at the end of a month or two, when I go back through, I'm, I'm trying to make a change significant enough that, um, you know, I, I've either gone too far, but I want to see it change um, what's going on in my account? Well, so if it goes Justin, down, would, oh, yeah. would, would, Ross, would you use this kind of action over to the left hand side when it emerged past like the 80 level up to 80? Because right. that, that roughly was like 25%, right? right. And they're emerging on that consolidation. Maybe it's still within character and it comes, maybe to, hopefully it doesn't come in as, as hard as it came in last time, but maybe th- that is kind of the character for the stock. We'll have to wait and see. Right. It goes up 25, 30%, and then pulls back. It, you know, in my day, it could go to 150 first, but yeah, just yes. And yeah, absolutely. I'll watch that and I'll constantly be watching. Let's see how it starts to catch up to its 10 day moving average and, mm-hmm. you know, what the market's doing and all that sort of thing. But yeah, this, that's very hard for me to do. It's got that massive volume, the, uh, you know, all of that going to, we, we all know the story behind this one. You know, you want to, pun- I don't have kids, but I know that no Roblox is a big punishment for those that do. So, <laughs> so now if this, if this pulls back, you know, so how do you handle the, the, the two thirds of your position? Are you waiting for a pullback to maybe buy that third back at a lower price or uh, how much, how much is too much I, for this to come so back in? Ideally. So ideally I don't, I would love to see it. You know, what is too much? I don't, you know, a reversal of that entire breakout would be a problem for me. Um, that would be unusual, right. To see it come all the way back in. Right. So I guess I'm going to, I want to see how it builds up here. Maybe the, it consolidates while the 10 day catches up. Maybe it, I have no idea whether it'll start to tighten up or continue to um, we'll see how those are, you know, so now I'm just watching and I always try to remember little, you know, one of those little things, um, the lowest price isn't always the best price. So even if I have to buy it back higher where I can manage risk with a whole lot more confidence, what I'll often do is buy back double. And if it's a liquid, good one, triple what I sold with super tight stops, can't be wrong. And Mm -hmm. as that's working, I will sell the extra and try to, you know, reduce my average make up for, you know, I'm going to tell you though, most of the time I'm not having to chase these things higher. And if you do, you do, and you still have two thirds of your position left, but not, I'm going to tell you eight, nine times out of 10, um, the volatility of the market, even if the stock's going to be fine, a concentrate, you know, something like that can, you know, you get a gap it, that with a weak market, everything it can do something to your brain and force you out of stock that you shouldn't be. So I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying, you know, a lot of that was happening, right? The emotions come. And even though there may be nothing wrong with my stocks, I got too heavy, too fast, and I'm just not willing to give away any more profits, right? I have my, so there's that also that I, I have, you know, a cushion at some point that I'm just, flat out refuse to give up no matter what stocks I own or where I am. And so I was getting pushed to that point a little too often with the wild swings in my equity curve. And so I just needed to fix. So this is just, so what I've done 
without going on and on is I've reduced margin considerably. I used to be a full boat of margin and then some, and now I'm hardly ever on margin. I try to keep it between fully invested for me would be more like 85 to 120% if I'm getting crazy. And I'm always trying to keep it on the lower side, you know, peeling off um, partials, partial positions of stocks, especially as they get extended, like a roadblock says that, um, and waiting to see what happened. Long story short, that has kept my, uh, the, the equity curve has smoothed out a whole lot. And my account is, um, you know, obviously as a result, my account is sitting much closer to highs on a constant basis now, instead of like, okay, I'm still up, but man, I, I just gave away a ton of progress. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't, it was the house's money, but it was too much of the house's right, money, right? Yeah. right? It still, so, it still hurts. Um, yes, so, yes. So, so do you find in this anyway. market that because, I mean, there's so many IPOs that have come to market, there's so many of these like new technologies. I mean, in some ways, it, it, it does feel a little bit like the late 90s where you had this massive thing, the internet, you know, but now you've got all these kind of sci-fi things that we're talking about. You've got AI, you've got electronic vehicles, you've got, you know, all of these things, uh, a lot of IPOs. Is, is some of this because you don't have the trading history? Um, behind it that you're you're making these decisions um, of like okay let me just sell into strength or is is it just really that you're finding this in some of the even more established stocks too yeah, well yeah that's a, that's exactly it i would try and hold those let's say 40 to 60 percent positions in an established big leader liquid it's got all of the but the volatility doesn't really matter what i that's that was my problem i think i'd i'd fall in love too much with the Tesla or a Roblox. And at the end of the day, if you've got 40 plus percent and you've watched a big run, you know, one of these things coming in, you know, and if it have two of them do it in a day and it, it'll, it turns your brain and your right. stomach upside down, or at least for me, I, it got to a point where it was turning, turning me upside down to a point that I couldn't handle it anymore. So I've, I mean, I cut it in half, right. As I said, we're going to, try and not be on margin at all, which has so far worked. And just by a feel, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, uh, we discussed it in the, in the first segment that 85 to 110, 120% margin feels like to, you know, full boat did 10 years ago. Right. So, well, so, so that's me. Maybe, you know, I, some can handle it. Some can, you know, but that's just my personal, that's, this is where I'm finding my comfortability zone. Now I can, you know, a 20 or 30% position is plenty. 40 to 60 is completely unnecessary and unmanageable for me now. So. Yeah, and no, I, I feel like I've, I've come to the same conclusion as you. Now, talk about a little bit about the pulse analysis and figuring out how to adjust to this and how to change kind of the strategy and uh, you know, forcing yourself to do something uncomfortable. I, I mean, that's a really interesting thing. And yeah, you keep on using that term. Yeah, oh, it's uncomfortable right. to sell it this. Is. It's so very, right. you know, yeah. I always think about when I was sitting, you know, and when, when exactly it changed to when I had to force myself to sell a Roblox, which yeah. no, normally was 40 to 60%. This time was only, you know, 30%. And now it's down to 20. I almost feel, feel naked. I'm like, that's just harder now and it's really not um but that's um you know that was the mentality i had and let me tell you something it's great while you're making money but it takes you know for a few weeks but as we all know like one or one and a half um bad days will wipe out the best three weeks right. you had and <laughs> and uh, you know if it, they used to really upset me for a long time now that i'm older i'm very good at at remembering what uh you know 
the good Dr. Ketcher taught me a while back, which is the opportunity of a lifetime comes every other day in the stock market. So when you're seeing the, the big, healthy, broad market, you got to do your best, um, excuse my French ahead of time to keep your head out of your head and remember that dude, that's all it's what you did, what you just did. It's all that Mark Douglas thing it has nothing to do with the next stock and the next stock and the next stock. So turn it off, go for a walk, go sit on the beach, do whatever you have to do to, you know, keep your head straight and don't don't go back to trading anxious with that pit in your stomach you're going to lose more money yeah so i remember one of the things that you used to talk about ross uh, again this was 20 years ago so i don't even know if you yeah. remember this but i remember when you started speaking in front of people one of the things that you told them that you would do is sometimes you would get up get behind your chair and say okay if i were instructing someone you know mm -hmm. what, what would i tell them you know to kind of get out of your own head uh get 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 away from the i guess the subjective nature of it try and make it more objective um, absolutely so, you'll you find know. a lot of people though believe it or not that you know i've watched without naming names that are very good at you know they understand cancel them thoroughly and they could advise you till the cows come home and well but the second they put their, <laughs> their money, money on the line that's they different they fall yeah, apart story. and it's yeah. just you know it, it's not bad or good it just is right some people right. have better control i'm not i don't think i have I've learned to have better control of my emotions. I wouldn't say I was was born with what are they? Is that emotional intelligence? They mm -hmm. they call it these days. Yeah, so, right. uh, um, my my emotional my EQ versus EQ, my right, IQ, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. So that that's um anyway super important. I've also so a lot of this the the proactive selling the staying. I'm yeah I'm saving my, my it's my financial capital, but more than anything, what I'm trying to do is get my my keep my mental capital absolutely. Um, stable so keeping the equity curve so i've ba i backed away a whole and so far i thought backing away as much as i did and doing what i was doing was but so far so good it's made um a solid difference and now as time goes on i'll go back and try and figure out if i could have been you know more efficient sold less what could i have done and you know tweak the tweak the rules a little more and you know if if i ever get to that so i always try to keep it you know my big thing is you'd rather be out wishing you were in than in wishing you were out. But <laughs> right. that that all depends, you know, yes and no. I mean, unless you've just made a big mistake, it's the beginning of a big run and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, everything just got away from me. That can be a little bit uncomfortable, but there, there's always, you know, the next setups to uh, get back in. But it, yes, it's that FOMO. You see everything going crazy, tons of people. And it's very hard to... Uh, tune that out, focus on yourself. It's very easy to have a bad day or a bad week while everyone else seems to be, you know, making money hand over fist. And so that uh, has been, you know, keeping but my mind and equity curve like right. even keeled, a little more even keeled has been very helpful. And it also sounds like you're going to be using your post analysis to tell you when to shift again. Like, okay. You know absolutely. What? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you, I mean, you know, immediately in your PL when you're running into trouble or like when you've been doing well, um, for whatever, you know, maybe the market was real cooperative and cleaning up your mistakes, but you know, immediately when things stop working and I always go back and try and figure that, what it, figure out what it is and adjust. So watch the leaders and that, that constant um, post analysis and figuring out what you need to change are, you know, those are two big, big things. And even just like we were talking earlier, timing the market, what's the market going to do? I don't know, get a great grip on um, what healthy rotation looks like. Mm -hmm. um, the health and breadth of leadership when the market's in good shape, 
um, especially when you have all those conflict, right? You'll see uh, the McClellan oscillator, which I'm going to tell you is, <laughs> is much greater, better at marking bottoms than tops. That thing can stay overbought for a while. And so my, my little trick and maybe, you know, is I, this is just what I like to see. There's no, again, no study done. I watched the McClellan oscillator put call ratio in the VIX. If all three are at extremes and things are extended, I will go, okay, I will take that. But any one of those things in and of himself, you know, a high put call, a high McClellan that can stay overbought or mean nothing for a very long time. And what ultimately makes the difference, you know, if leadership is healthy, rotation is strong and yeah, we're selling some extended roadblocks, but we're buying Apple and some Facebook and whatever that's, it doesn't matter as long as those healthy, um, you know, new setups continue to build. And that's what holds the market up ultimately, right? It's when everyone decides that it's that time, like for a prior to 2008, where um, you're forced out of your stocks and there's just nothing, there's nothing to buy. Right. And I, I promise the you desert. the market's getting ready to, you know, it lets you know there was plenty of time to get out of the way there. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to look at a few of the stocks that are on Ross's radar right now. So stay tuned. Bill O'Neill, founder of IBD and a legend in the world of growth stock investing, mentored Jim Ropel, and it changed Jim's life. Now, Jim is here to mentor you. Take your free trial on growthstockmentor.com. Every week, you'll get Jim's thoughts on the market, his ride the wave plan, Jim's favorite true market leaders, two updates each week, and a live members-only meeting once a month. Also, you can ask Jim anything, anytime, 24-7. Take your free trial on growthstockmentor.com now. Welcome back to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Growth Stock Mentor. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host, and Arusha Pires, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager that joins me every week, and our special guest, a former William O'Neill uh, and Company Portfolio Manager, Ross Haber, currently the co-founder and head of Trader Lion. So, uh, Ross, let's talk a little bit about some of the stocks that you've been looking at. Um, maybe we start with uh, kind of the cryptocurrency craze. I just read that uh, Staples Center is changing its name. Uh, it's getting a name change to the crypto.com arena. Right. So a lot of this cryptocurrency is just coming up all over the place. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Coinbase and how you've been handling this one. All right, so, uh, you know, another one that... Uh... A lot of people have, you know, a lot of, a lot of eyes on this one lately. Like you said, with the crypto uh, chatter, there's, there, I don't know how many there. There's a handful of names. I'm gonna, um, as far as I'm concerned, this is one of your higher quality um, names as far as fundamentals go. You can, you know, looking right along the bottom, you can see the uh, quarterly earnings, sales, pre-tax margins, that sort of thing. You've got. Uh, Sponsorship hasn't increased necessarily the, the you know quarter the last you know June to September. However, you know we got an IPO with extremely high sponsorship there, and you've got Fidelity Contra Fund. So, um, you know one of our but anyway the fundamentals are there. You can see on that weekly where what is that one two what's that seven or eight weeks up in a row. Right. Um, and it, you know going back to the daily, we can see that it's starting to you know earnings are out of the way. And it's starting to tighten up around its ten day moving average here. So far, you know, there's not a whole lot to look at to the left. It's basically since the IPO, it's been in a downtrend or base building, right? We're, we're technically we're, we're still early um, in the stock. If we were looking at it in terms of your classical textbook IPO base or your IPO U-turn, um, you're looking at the high of the base, which I don't know, is you know, right there. I don't know what the price is there, but well, 429. 
Yeah. Right. So, you know, super early and it doesn't, it looks like earnings probably got in the way is that um, 294 mark. If you wanted to start buying early, maybe the, I won't get into, there's plenty of early spots that uh, I, I've started that I personally buy up the right side of a base now. Although, so regardless, let's say you were coming into this stock, you didn't own any, we can see earnings were reported right here. I don't know if you can see my cursor. Yep. Mm -hmm. So since earnings have been reported, you can see we got some volatility, you know, crazy volatility in the stock. But ultimately, we have so, we haven't so much as touched its 21. We've seen a respect for its 10-day moving average up until that shake in earnings, and now we're starting to reclaim and tighten up. We've got volume tapering off, and you know, well below average. So, um, I have been trying to, you know, on the pullbacks, um, I'm trying to add. As a max stop, I'm trying to play it off the 21-day moving mm -hmm. average. I'm buying slowly here, right? Because here's how I approach this stock. I look at it. it could, that stock could still touch its – it could undercut its 21-day moving average tomorrow, still hold the low of that shakeout, right. and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that stock. But if you start accumulating it early in anticipation of a move here and you're wrong and it pulls back there, it's going to be a bad day for you, you know, or it's going to be at least – it's going to be a tough one waiting for that to close. So I'm always keeping that in mind. Um, so right now, and I'll, I'll, so for me, forget that coin is the best, you know, the best and stock picking, I think at the end of the day, um, if we were all to compare our lists with, you know, with the guys that follow this methodology, 80 to 90% of our list is going to overlap, right? Yeah. So now it's going to come to how you handle, how you handle them. when, how much you have, um, that sort of thing. So, so you've got the early average cost, the, the lower average cost on this. Um, so for someone just starting out, is this better to kind of wait for it to get down to that 21 day moving you know, average Justin, line? So I don't even, low risk? I don't even know that I have, you know, I started it. Um, but my average now, because I've averaged up right now. So honestly, for someone based on how it is, I think you could use its 10 day moving average as a start. So it's very tough. How much coin do you ultimately want to have and how would you build that position i guess so let's say if you just had to have your mental your your mental health position on the books whether it be one share 100 shares a thousand shares whatever is mm -hmm. small relative to whatever it is that you're doing um so how many can you hold and have that happen watch it shake out to its 21 day and go hey that's normal and fine i'm going to try and add there and then if it actually undercuts for you know pick a new spot to sell the whole thing after you've added that's not going to be easy to do if you have a 10 or a 15% position already. But let's say you've put on five to 7% um, and you see that happen. For me, it's always a lot easier to see a gap down on the open, like we saw with, I think it was coin yesterday or the day before. I think it was yesterday, right? Not today, but yeah. Yesterday, you got the gap down open and it made it, it starts to turn up into that gap. And then it becomes very easy for me on a day like that. I will often buy that U-turn and then just use the low of the day as my stop. Um, so I'll, that's how I will play that. Um, yeah, you can actually pull up the 30-minute chart. Uh, if you just go to the intraday, you can see that gap down yesterday. Um, and exactly as you said, if you just kind of set that low right there. Right, so I'll watch. I'll even wait for the U-turn into the gap. And then low of the day becomes your... And then as it's going, you know, you can... Um, build from there. So that's how I'll kind of 
you know, force myself into a stock there. When I was doing that, I have the 21 day moving average in mind, right? So I'm buying that and I'm going, how much could I ultimately hold and watch that maybe undercut, um, but still act okay. And at least not sell, if not preferably add some. And now mind you, we're breaking a rule there, right? Cause I'm averaging down, but I'm averaging down knowing in my head, I've done my math. I know how many mm-hmm. shares at max I'm going to hold. I know how much of a loss that translates into. I know exactly where that is on my chart. So I know where it is, why, how much, and I'm always playing within there. Let's say I didn't own any, and I started doing it today. The reason I'm averaging up now is you can see, I mean, it had every reason to fall apart over the last few days, and it hasn't. Um, and we're starting to really show a respect for that 10-day moving average again. If you really wanted to play short-term games, maybe this little um, shelf below 350. But anyway, so you let's say I had none, you could play it off its 10-day moving average here. You could buy it, you know, right here, figure out how much of a loss is that um, you're anticipating again. Take a look at Lucid LCID. Uh, this is another one that, you know, had, had that kind of big pop-up and, uh, you know, rounding out, uh, coming, coming up kind of this bottoming base, you know, not, not your typical where you're, you're still well off your highs like you were with Coinbase, but it was really coming up this, this right-hand side and uh, really and incredible you, move this, lately. And I, I definitely screwed this one. I don't remember exactly. I'd have to look right now. My average on Lucid is $48 and 79 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally started buying it prior to earnings here. I don't know what I, you know, as we get closer and closer to earnings and things are moving around and the market gets volatile, I'm not sure what or why pushed me out, but I got pushed out. And so I bought it back actually just one, two days ago. Um, I think I was actually um, chit-chatting with Ray and let him know. And I, so it had fallen into, but it's, it came into the gap that day, right? I think it started higher, pulled all the way back. But as soon as it made the U-turn and broke back out, I want to say that number's 4804 is high. Um, the breakout, I just, as soon as it went through 4804, I blasted it at the market and now I'm in, now I'm long 4880 average and I haven't bought any, any since. Um, problem with this one is I didn't buy a big enough of a position because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm buying it. Got, I'm feeling yeah. like it's a little bit extended and I didn't put on as much as I should have. And so it actually, you know, I looked at it today going, oh, should I take off a third? It's not really big, you know, it's not really big enough. Do I want, you know, so I, anyway, I wound up not selling any of it. Um, if it was one that I had a full position of, let's say 20 plus percent, I probably would have taken off at least a little bit of that one today as it became extended just to, to follow that rule of, you know, but it wasn't big enough. Um, so I left it alone. It's currently my um, smallest position just by default. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, and are you... Um... Are you using the intraday uh, charts a lot for your entries? Do you use them for your selling as well? Or so the intraday charts, I will keep up on my screen. I, I keep it very simple. I've got two 32 inch monitors. I've got four by three rows of intraday charts. Lucid, we were just talking about. So this two days ago, um, it opened higher. It, it fell back below. I'm calling this, it's pivot 4804. Um, but yeah, so I'm watching this on the intraday. It might be the three minute. It could be the five minute. Um, I'm not sure. But as soon as that broke through, that you you know it did its yeah. mini U turn. That was it for me. I bought it. My my stops are you know pretty much. I'll watch it. it I'll pick a bar maybe on that intraday chart. Maybe I'll use that forty or I'll I'll look to the 
whatever I'm going to, I'd have to, where is my stops now? I don't want to um, babble on you, but I'm all, I'm just constantly looking to see where my most logical tight stop will be based on my average, how many shares I have, how many I want to have. Well, let's take a look at another new newer issue, uh, Airbnb, ABNB. Um, here again, we had a, a nice move on, on this one, you know, reached highs of about, you know, 220, uh, then has been basing. And now here we are uh, getting back up to those old highs a little bit more so than what we saw from Lucid or, or Coinbase. Um, how have you been handling this one? You know, I, um, not a huge, I had a position in this one I, that I had started, um, I'm not going to look at at the end of the day, I wound up pushing it to, to almost to an irrelevant. Um, it's an irrelevant position. It might as well. Once you start the selling. Um, Yeah. It was one of those things. It wasn't big enough already. And I would tell you this, had I not owned Airbnb, it's a very tough one. I'm not a big fan of the way that this, you know, they'll call that, that megaphone expansion, not, not a giant fan of the way that has expanded. Um, also today we attempted that, you know, textbook breakout ultimately failed big outside day down. That's all very easy to see on the flip side. Um, volume, yes, it did pick up on an outside day down. But if you look to the left here, now granted, we've become a lot more wide and loose than we were prior to earnings. But this is not uncharacteristic of Airbnb. If you go back and look, yeah. um, even, you know, July, look, look in the middle of August, September, all of that action, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, those, the, the, so when I look and see these, these big, uh, that these big shakes are characteristic, it makes, it'll at least give me an excuse for this one to possibly do that. But at the end of the day, I'll be honest with you, my, my gut pushed me to almost nothing on this one. Um, but it is interesting to me right there. It's holding its 10-day. We've seen um, it's not its first time. It, it likes its 10 and 21-day, even while it was radically shaken around over there, correct? And now we're starting to respect its 10-day. It ultimately held today. So let's see what happens around that 10-day and $200 price mark that you know Jesse Livermore par at 200. If we can start to tighten up and show some constructive action there, um, that will be, you know, I will watch for that 10 day and possibly the, the 21 or 23 exponential, whichever you use to catch up to price. And then we'll start to see how it acts right around that confluence of uh, 200 and some moving averages will give me a spot to manage risk from assuming it doesn't just fall below there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this is a lot of stuff to think about. You know, you got volume signatures, you've got that proactive selling, um, you've got a lot of IPOs that we covered today. So, uh, Ross, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Uh, really nice talking to you again. Well, thanks for having me. As always, you know, I love uh, love talking shop with you guys. So, anytime, anytime, I hopefully help some people today, and Definitely. I'll be happy. Yeah. And on the show next week, we've got Dan Fitzpatrick. He's the founder of Stock Market Mentor. And so he's going to be joining us. But thank you all for joining us this week and uh, listening to us. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode.
This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.